Welcome to Coffee and Geography, where my guests and I geek out about the world and everything on it, discovering that we are all geographers in some way, shape or form. I'm your host, Kit, and my pronouns are they, them or she, her. So settle down with a brew, hit that subscribe or follow button and enjoy the listen. Hello, everybody. Uh, I am. I apologise in advance because I am not quite sure how me and my guest are going to keep this to below an hour, let alone forty-five minutes. Because <laughs> I describe this as now. This goes to show what, what links us, right? Sci-fi. Imagine two planets occupying the same space in different dimensions. Right? Completely alike, but different in a little bit of ways. But somehow which is this podcast right now and our chat, these dimensions collide. It's going to be chaos. That is me and Katie Nicolau. Hello, Katie. How are you doing? Hello. I am doing great. That's a very good description of what's about to go on here. It's, it's oh. like a train that goes off the tracks and falls off a viaduct and runs down a ravine. <laughs> like It's just going to go in all sorts yeah. of directions. Well, actually, I, I like that analogy. It's not like it like collapses blow, blows into flames it, it just is going to keep running oh, no. it's like how is this thing continuing to run off the yeah that's exactly <laughs> what this is going to be uh folks so i mean a lot of you listening to this podcast are regular listeners you know what i'm like right um so if, let me give you katie's bio and then you'll go oh yeah kit i can see what you mean all right you ready so katie <laughs> is an ams which is a american meteorological society certified meteorologist at wn WLN, I can't say it in an American way, WLNS, in, that was best. WLNS. There you go, in Lansing, <laughs> Michigan. And when Katie was five, she was in a tornado, we'll definitely talk about that, which launched her lifelong love of weather. Now, beyond, beyond meteorology, Katie is a massive geek. Here we go, folks, from Star Trek and Doctor Who to Good <laughs> Omens and DuckTales. Woo! Katie loves so many yes. random fandoms. She combines her love of weather and TV movies by creating fandom forecasts, videos where she gives the weather forecast for fictional worlds. Oh, okay. I just heard loads of people turn their radio off. Uh, that's yeah, it. They're like, exactly. we, 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 we can't deal with this kit. This is just going to be too much chaos. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this, needless to say. So you're over there in Michigan. So you are now, let me get this right. I do have friends in Michigan. Are you five hours behind us or six hours behind us? I think you're six. I think you're six behind the UK. So what's the Whatever time there the now? time changes. <laughs> oh, right now we are at 3.43 in the afternoon. Oh, five hours. Okay, 3.43. Oh, so it's 8.43 see, here. They okay. like standard time. They like yeah. saving time. Exactly. Yada, yada. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all overrated anyway. I just want it to stay. Right, I, I, we're going straight into it, aren't we now? What is your opinion <laughs> on daylight savings time? Are you, look, it makes total more sense to stick with it. Don't change the clocks back in the autumn, please, or in the fall. Are you one of the, in that camp or in your, no, we should switch it up. What do you reckon? From meteorologist's point of view? <laughs> For me, keep it consistent. Pick yes. one or the other. Because you get so many people, the, the change of time, it causes stress on your health and it people are statistically more likely to get heart attacks just because you are timed off and everything. And it just, yeah, we survived well before we invented it and we'll survive <laughs> well after it's gone. <laughs> no, actually, you... Opinion. Yeah, you gave me you gave me an interesting link with your family connections. You you got um, family in Dundee up up in Scotland, uh, and oh, um, Scotland. <laughs> yeah, and I'm now. I would like to know what what my friends in Scotland would think about this because I keep hearing different arguments about daylight savings time. Like some a lot of people up further north than us are like, 
no, we 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 want to keep we, we we're so fed up of it being so dark at so early or whatever, or we want to keep. Yeah. So maybe they have more sway in us in the higher latitudes. I don't know. You always get people who argue on the eastern side of a time zone or the western side of a time yes, zone. Yes, that's true. They don't yeah. want the sun to rise at three a.m., but they don't want the sun to set at three p.m. It's like, just move to the middle of the time zone. We'll make <laughs> ruts without people in this earth, and we'll all just be in the central of a time zone. <laughs> <laughs> or we could do like just do Zulu time, do Greenwich Mean Time, whatever Zulu. works. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just consistency. In the future, it's just going to become standard Earth time, isn't it? I mean. It's true. We can hope. <laughs> we get on a Bajoran time scale. Bajoran time scale. Six-hour day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds nice. Because so, that means you'll only work for about two hours or something. Yeah. Well, that would work. I would love to have extra time in my day. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Come to think of it. Yeah. So, folks, what, what you may not realize is that if, you know, you go to the United States and, and I have connections in the USA, my, my family's half American as well. And some, when we do the road trip from where my wife is from in the Twin Cities, Minnesota, out to our family place in Bozeman, Montana, yes, the house where we, we have a house at exactly the same place where the Vulcans are going to land. So Trust I'm me crashing there in 2063, right? Yeah, you got you, next room. <laughs> we'll, invite, we'll invite you. We'll invite you over at 2063. Perfect. You're, you're, you're there. You're on the guest list. Um, yes. So when we're driving from east to west, so, you know, you gain an hour. and But the thing, but where you gain an hour is ridiculous. So it's in the middle of North Dakota. <laughs> and yep. didn't didn't they move the boundary because it, it dissected, was it Bismarck? I think it, it used to dissect Bismarck in North Dakota it just, or Jamestown. I can't remember, but it used to bisect. One of the towns. <laughs> yeah. So um, because the river ran through it and I had the time zone oh. through the river. So on the eastern side of this town, it would be an hour later than the western side of that town. That must screw people up. Yeah. yeah. I think they moved it for that reason that they couldn't have a whole township in like two different time zones. But just go show how arbitrary time zones are. Exactly. We'll, we'll make the cows in the field deal with it. Humans, no, no. Yeah. We have to be in the yeah. same. <laughs> New, oh, you know what I reckon? I reckon we, there's a place, look this up, Kate. You might even know it, but there's a place called New Salem in North Dakota where there's the world's giant, whole, most largest Holstein cow. It's a giant statue of a Holstein really? cow, right? And I think, I reckon that the split between mountain time and uh, central time should be through the cow. <laughs> Oh, that'd be brilliant. Her left legs, which are east. So the left side <laughs> of her body should be east and the west side of her body should be west. And the cow should be the timekeeper. That'd be amazing. A perpetual that's, state that's a of very North Dakota thing to do, too. <laughs> yeah. New, go see New Salem too. the cow from two different times. Yeah, it, the postcard writes itself. <laughs> so, right, New Salem tourist board. You owe me some commission on that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now I haven't we've got seven minutes in I haven't even got into the first two bits of the podcast so which is <laughs> do you, um I always ask my guests what do they tend to drink uh what brew do they ha usually have with them when they when they go to like a coffee shop or something like that so if we were sitting down in a coffee shop talking geography and stuff like that what do you what would you usually order Katie and do you have any of it with you See, I usually would go with a hot chocolate because, fun fact, I get migraine headaches, so I can't have caffeine. I survive on sugar and charisma, and it works. Uh, I shouldn't have done that while you were taking a sip. But I do have a bottle of water with me because I am in the middle of summer and I could not bring myself to make hot chocolate. Fair enough. 
Yeah, it's a bit of a hot chocolate with you, yeah. And uh, thank you for letting me swallow before. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar and charisma. <laughs> so you've got a bit of hot chocolate. I've got my caffeine-free uh, tea at this time of night. It has to be, you know, I am British. Um, True. And it's tea nonetheless. It's tea nonetheless. Um, and you're out there in Lansing, Michigan. Now, folks, what I want you to do right now, I want you to hold your right hand, palm facing you, please. Katie knows I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and close your fingers. Not like that. Now, that's Michigan. Michigan looks like your right hand, palm face towards you, right? Now, you see that little dip in the middle of your palm. So Lansing is about just south of that. That's where Lansing is in Michigan. See, I'm a, once Very a geography much? teacher, always a geography teacher. See, the way I, I remember it is I, I cut my hand and oh, where yeah. my middle finger lands, I always say is Lansing. Yep. It's off works. by a wee bit, but it works. Not quite the Vulcan slew, but almost. Um, yeah, it's like some weird Michigan variant. Yeah, which is the Michigan version of Live Long and Prosper, which I don't know like what the hell that was. Sickly Llama. Sickly Llama, How are you doing with the chaos, folks? Are you enjoying this? Um, oh, they better be. We're nine minutes in and we're just getting started. Um, yep. So, uh, folks, if you've got kids, you know what you know what sickly llama, happy llama, crazy llama. You know what that is, right? So, uh, <laughs> if you don't have kids, you still have no clue what we're talking about, which is beautiful. Blissful uh, <laughs> ignorance. So, so okay, is is um, are you are you born and bred Midwestern in Michigan, or is that your patch, or uh, have you? So, what, the question I like to ask folks in this podcast is, how does your location form your identity and if you've traveled in other places how does the, your travels and those experiences of other places have, have kind of like formed as part of your identity too so what is Lansing about about Katie absolutely well I do think I'm, Michigan is very much ingrained in who I am uh, because the weather drove me to get into this we get tornadoes we get snow we get all the chaos it's a oh, running yes. joke uh, <laughs> we're the craziest state that gets all the crazy uh, weather and uh, I, I did I lived here for 18 years and then I decided to go to college about two and a half hours down the road which is a very midwestern thing to say we measure <laughs> in time not miles or kilometers yep. none of that that's uh, just down the road really isn't it to be honest in the states it two and a half really hours is. yeah yeah we're in indiana still around lake michigan and uh yeah. then out of the blue on i well i i've been storm chasing throughout college i went for four summers and i storm chased nice. from montana to texas new mexico to missouri pretty much every state you can think of unless it was on the east or west coast and that gave me a great view of like what the united states can have you have yeah. mega cities and then you also have dirt like it's great. Um, but on one of those chases, my senior year, I got a phone call saying, hey, we want you to work as a morning meteorologist weekday. So not weekend, which means better pay. <laughs> and uh, they were in Sioux City, Iowa, which is where Iowa, Nebraska and South Dakota meet practically in the middle of the United States. Yep. And I said yes. And I grew to love it out there in the plains. Oh, I love the plains. And then this job came up in Michigan. I was like, I want to go home for a bit. I'll probably end up in Sioux City again. Who knows? I'm just all over. And I've been to England, Scotland, and uh, France. Really love Scotland. Edinburgh is just, oh, yep. got to go back. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it all, and we went there because I'm half Scottish. I'm also half Macedonian. So it's, it's a nice uh, way to get in touch with your roots while also getting home. Which would explain the last name. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yes. Very Mediterranean. I <laughs> I say I have the Macedonian and Scottish temperament, so you can imagine how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think, okay, I don't want to stereotype our northern neighbours. I mean, there's a lot of banter that goes on between the English and the Scots, of course. And one of my best oh, friends yes. is my best friends is comes from just outside of Edinburgh in a, in, a, in the borders. Um, I don't know if you're listening, Clive, but we we take the Mickey out of each other all the time. So, but. Um, <laughs> But what what would you say, therefore, is is the Scottish temperament, and and therefore by extension would be the Macedonian temperament? Yeah. Then I'd say a Scottish temperament is very nice until you aren't nice to them, and then it's like, yes. oh no, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and the Macedonian, we're just like, ah, yeah, we got goats, we got cheese, baklava, uzo, <laughs> hey, party time until you don't party, and then it's then it turns. <laughs> I see the similarity between the Macedonians and the Scots now. Yes, absolutely. We're great unless you aren't, and then it turns. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, I've just got my friend Clive in my head now. It's, it's, it's live, live, Clive, Clive is one of my bestest friends ever, and he, he lives rent-free, <laughs> lovingly rent-free in my head. Um, but no, Clive's definitely the same as like having a good time, having a good time, and uh, yeah, what a wonderful human being. And then, but yeah. He got on his bad side. Well, the kids misbehave in his class. He wouldn't have it. That's for sure. Oh, I can imagine that classroom. Just, yeah. oh, he went too far. <laughs> but use humor. There's a, yeah, well, and I love the um, David Tennant and Catherine Tate Red yes. Nose Day in yes. the classroom where he just progressively gets more Scottish. And he's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. And eventually you just won't understand it. Yeah, but am I bothered? Yeah, but am I bothered though? Yeah, but am I bothered? <laughs> Some kids actually are like that, you know, I mean, <laughs> over in this, it all fit. Look, folks, I've told you many times this podcast, the young people are not the problem in the schools. I loved working with young people, <laughs> right? It was not the young people that drove me out of the job. I can tell you that. That's why I still do my other day job is because the young people are going and do it. So, oh, there um, you go. yeah, absolutely. So, okay, let's. Now you, you've gone by going out to the plains in Iowa. I mean, I, I know that part of the world, you know, it's just, just, across the border from Minnesota and, and whatnot. So the geography of the United States is pretty iconic. I mean, it's a massive country. I mean, if we take 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 Alaska and Hawaii out of it, they're not important. No, well, they're not important. <laughs> that doesn't it's even just, count. Let's just focus on the lower 48. And what we mean by that, folks, is the, you know, the big geographical area of mass um, there, not counting the detached parts of Alaska and, and Hawaii. Um it's a very distinct geography, and it really does give you some fantastic climatic zones, including this propensity to have things like Tornado Alley. There's a couple of things I'd like you to describe for us, Katie, is that I, I, mean, I knew that the Great Lakes, for example, had a huge impact on the weather and climate of the area. Um, but I never knew until I studied it myself, like to the extent that they controlled the climate of that part of the world. So... I mean, it must, it must be, I mean, take Minnesota where, where my wife's family is from. There must be such a big, big difference between say a forecaster in Minnesota and a forecaster in Michigan, even though you're effectively only two States away because of mm -hmm. the Great Lakes. So if you could explain that to our, to our listeners, it's such a fantastic, just mind blowing thing when it comes to meteorology. So take oh, us yeah. through what you have to look at as a meteorologist in that part of the world. Oh, get ready for a crash course because Here we it, go, it folks. really, 
there is so much it changes the weather in every season and what it has a lot to do with the water temperature in the summer the lakes are cooler than the air and so that typically causes sinking motion and sometimes mm. that can cause storms to fizzle out at times and it kind of protects us from some severe weather whereas on the other hand in the winter the lakes are warmer than the air above so that causes yep. rising motion and you get just heaps and heaps of lake effect snow and it's absolutely incredible you can have clear visibility in one neighborhood you go down two blocks and it's a blizzard whiteout conditions so you really as a meteorologist have to be able to pay attention to the water temperature pay attention to the air temperature how will they interact and i mean that's just with the stuff that falls from the sky we can mm. also get meteor tsunamis so tsunamis but on a lake that's yes. how big they are with that and yes. you get storms that blow across and it's like a bathtub just sloshing back and forth from michigan to wisconsin and back and Oh, it's incredible. So you've really, that's why I went to school in Valparaiso, Indiana, actually, is because they have lake effect snow classes. They have Great Lakes specific meteorology. That's cool. And it was totally training me to come back here to do weather <laughs> in my home state. Oh, it's, it is so, so fascinating because just before we started recording, I was explaining to you, you know, that my dissertation for my degree, my virus science degree was about storm, storm tracks and storm surges down the North Sea. And so I'm already picturing um you know because the north sea is more of a peninsula of water than it than it is um you know than it is with the lakes but i can just imagine this this slosh in motion of of of, of the lakes and they are they are such a huge body of water that they do have this kind of they are influenced almost like you know with these sea dynamics so you must have to you must use quite a lot of ocean dynamics in those lakes it's they're so dynamic and they're so large Oh, yeah. we get The thing is, we get water spouts all the time. We actually just had one, as of recording this, this morning uh, in the Straits of Mackinac, which is the connector between the Upper and Lower Peninsula. Uh, if you go and look it up, just Mackinac water spout, you will see a brilliant <sighs> photo of what looks like a solid tornado because water spouts are typically wimpy. They don't do a yeah. lot, but this thing was a chunk. And I just, <laughs> oh, my gosh, it was a big old tornado, and I loved it. But, uh, yeah, it's... It's oh my really yeah. special being able to see. We didn't even have any real severe weather in the area, and just because the lake was warm, rising motion just so happened. We've had a warm stretch here, and yeah, you end up with a water spout. Yeah, here we go. 58, 58 minutes ago, a, a video here to post on YouTube. My goodness. Now, folks, um, we know that the well, I know I'm saying this from Norfolk in the United Kingdom where we don't spell place names like we say them, like Wyndham is not how spelled Wyndham and, you know, stuff like that. I know that, <laughs> folks. But Mackinac is not spelled as it sounds. It is uh, M -A it's Mac, well, M-A-C-K, and then it's I-N-A-C. Um, so that's how, you, that's how you spell Mackinac. So if you just Google that, I'll put a, I'll put a link in the description. But, oh, yeah. yeah, here we go. 79 views already, 58 minutes ago. This is from... Uh, ABC 13 or ABC 13. And oh, ABC uh, 13. Yeah. yeah. So, water spout in Lake Huron spotted near. Wow, that is a beast. Uh huh. It's, it's, I, I use like animal ter terms like, Go oh, on, that's then. a fluffy boy if it's like fuzzy and not well formed, <laughs> or like, oh, it's a skinny one. And <laughs> basically, they're puppies. They're sky puppies to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. Well, when I say beast folk, I'm not thinking about the movie Twister, you know, with Bill Paxman. You oh, know. yes. Uh, yeah, I knew. Yeah, I knew you, you must Love have seen. Love that movie. Go on. Between us, let's work out how many times we've watched it. It's got to be. Are we Enough talking about to memorize dozens? It. 
or maybe a hundred. Are we pushing a hundred? Maybe between us, maybe um, gotta be probably. Oh, between the two of us, definitely pushing a hundred. <laughs> cow, cow. <laughs> oh, I think that's the same one. <laughs> Another cow. No, that's the same one. <laughs> yeah. You can't explain it. You can't predict it. Pay attention to what's in front of you, Joe. Me. Oh. <laughs> any line, any character. Yeah, God, I love that movie. It's one of my. I watched that on repeat when I was. Oof, I don't know. Yeah, when I was probably like ten, eleven, or whenever it came out. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that was so. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not not a big beast like you'd see on Twister, folks. You know, it's quite. It's quite a skinny, but it is nevertheless it's very, very big impressive. For Michigan, definitely. It's, yeah, Northern Michigan. That's yeah. at a equivalent latitude as Minneapolis, practically. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's that's pretty high. That's high. North, that's north. For a water spout. It's forty-five degrees north. Yeah, it's 45. just just over the forty-fifth parallel. That's right. Yeah. Cool. I get to drive past that every time I go up to vacation there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we got we got the influence of the Great Lakes, which I think is amazing. And yeah, and I've been and you know been to Minnesota so many times when the when the um that that snow can kick in and everything like that. And but then oh, yeah. um, my friend and and I got a couple of friends in Michigan. Don't know if you're listening, um, Allison, who comes from Troy, and um, hey. Nicole, who comes from uh, Waterford, just outside of Detroit. Um, but um, they will know exactly what you're talking about, about how suddenly you just get this sun blanket of snow and like, but yeah, a few townships away. <laughs> they're not like, what's oh, this? Yeah. But it's, it's, us Brits are like this, Katie, as well. We're like, it'll be absolutely downpouring with rain in one place and then somebody else will be like, well, what's this going on? Because where I, where I am in this township in South, South, South Norfolk, we tend to have, disappointingly for me as a meteorologist, we have like... <laughs> The, the, the cluster of cells will come across the map. You think, oh, it's going to come. Thunderstorms, here we come. And it's like, oh, we're coming up to, to Kittstown. We might as well just diverge around it. I'm like, oh, Split. no. Yeah. Oh. And then this, you've got this nice cell going north of us, this other cell going south of us towards the east. I'm like, oh, all right, fine. <laughs> That's when I uh, I pull a Crowley with my parents. And I just go, yeah, you see that? Yeah. Yes, good. Get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get in the car. Get we're the- going storm chasing. And they go with it, surprisingly. <laughs> they just hop in. They don't even question it. Let's keep her happy. Yup. <laughs> in Norfolk, um, next time you come over here to the UK, you've got to come visit and I'll take you around. But the skies yes. are as big here as they are in somewhere like Montana. Um, oh, and wow. you you can see, I mean, obviously we don't get like the super, you know, we very rarely get super clusters and mega clusters and things like that, but we certainly get quite beautiful cumulonimbus cells and things like that. So, um, and you, we, you'll get, we'll get the odd funnel cloud. Um, and if we're lucky, we might get like a little puff of a little tail. It's like, Ooh. there you go. But we, we do get tornadoes in this country, but they're, they're very small, but we can have roof tiles lift off, lifted off and has happened. So, it counts. It's still a tornado. Still a tornado. Um, <laughs> you were talking about the heat of the Great Lakes, and um, you must be keeping a really close eye on 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 um, like sea temperatures and water temperatures at the moment because they are, oh, yeah. especially in the North Atlantic, they are incredibly high. You know, statistically significantly high. I mean, have you have you seen any kind of like anything like that in the Great Lakes, or are they quite insulated from this this temperature dome in in the North Atlantic? Yeah. 
thankfully, we get a little bit of help from upwelling, and it changes for us because we get more active systems that come through practically every week, and as they blow across the lake, you tend to get that cooler water that rises up, and it, it mm. mixes it out, and it keeps it fairly tempered, but I've been keeping an eye on Florida, down towards the Florida yes. Keys, because oh, they've had water temperatures in the 90s, which that that bleaches everything. Uh, you yep. don't have to be a marine biologist to know that is bad. So uh, just keeping an eye on it, especially with hurricane season. Um, we haven't had hardly any activity here in the United States, but it mm. just takes one. And it's you have built a powder keg with that heat in Florida and mm. it just takes one system. But thankfully, you know, that ties in with the Enso cycle, the El yep. Nino, the La Nina off of South America. And so that's increasing wind shear, that's decreasing storms. And it's, it all is like this messed up puzzle that we have to try to figure out with no picture to run off of. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's, you've mentioned exactly. So me and another geography teacher friend, we did a, um, a coffee and geography short where we, we look, we talk about the current news events. It's like 15 minutes. And we were, we were trying to in fifth, I know in 15 minutes to try and talk about, you know, the, the onset of El Nino. And, uh, one of the things I said, and I said, I remember for, I said, I'm picking up different elements of courses I took at university, but then I plugged them all together. And I was like, I said, you've got to look for these early developing storms across the Atlantic, developing into tropical storms, stuff like that. But they're being chopped up by this air blender, you know, as they're approaching mm -hmm. the Caribbean because of the wind shear. Um, and so we're in this really weird situation where we've got conditions primed for a lot of intense hurricane activity, but this wind shear is is thankfully there to kind of stop the worst from happening at the moment. But of course, it's early it's days at the moment. Yeah, it is because if that wind shear is not there, you those people in the Lesser Antilles into the, you know the Gulf of Mexico, oh, yeah. they're in for a hell of a ride. Um, fortunately, oh, yeah. the wind shear is there and it's strong, and we've had I mean, so we've had what two tropical storms, three tropical storms, which have dissipated, um, hit that air blender as I call it, um, <laughs> um, but. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty scary to see like the kind of the, the trajectory that we're going on, and then and then I looked I looked mm -hmm. at the sea surface temperature anomaly maps. So anomaly, folks, is when you've got the differences between the norm. So you take a baseline and you call that your average. So it depends on what you're looking at. But if the further you are from that that baseline, the higher the, the anomaly. And I looked at this map from NASA, which showed the El Nino of 1997-98 and the sea surface oh, yeah. anomaly. Classic. And now, and there is. Because we were saying that the El Nino of 97, 98 was intense. But if you look oh, yeah. at the global picture of the anomaly map, it's there's so much red on that map for today. Whereas in 97, 98, you've obviously got clear El Nino signal, but it's nothing like today. It is mm -hmm. interesting as a meteorologist. Damn scary for humanity, I can tell you. <laughs> oh, yes. But how do you balance that case? Because... For me, who loves to geek out about this stuff, I, on one hand, I'm a concerned person when it comes to, you know, climate change and things like that. And on the other hand, I can't stop geeking out about it. And sometimes I do feel, I don't know, I don't know if this is even, this is a term of, of, of a, a geek's guilt. I don't even know if that's a real thing, but I, if that makes sense, do you, do you feel yeah. like that at any time when you're thinking you're, when you're reporting on these extreme weather events and climate changes, like mixing it up a bit, that it's exciting because you're passionate about this stuff, but then you take a step back and think, I shouldn't be excited in this way. I mean, has that hit you at all? Like it's hit me? 
Absolutely. I, I have uh, a professor from college that I absolutely adore. Uh, professor, well, Dr. Bart Wolf. And uh, he's a severe weather specialist. And he was the one who led our storm chases. Mm. And he made sure, especially with the younger generation, he always prefaced our storm chases with, we never root for storms. We're just there if they form. And after that, everything else is fine. Right. And Something that a lot of young meteorologists and even weather enthusiasts that we've seen um, who are developing platforms on social media really need to understand is you can't root for the storms, guys, because that vilifies the entire scientific field. Yes. Yep. They think we want this to happen. No, they happen. We're just there to study it because the ultimate goal of meteorology is to save lives. Like yes. whether you're on TV or you're in research, you're in the government, whatever it may be we're there to help. <laughs> and so that, that it definitely, you feel it when, like when I chase tornadoes and I see a tornado, I'm like, yes, not because it's destroying things, but because my forecast verified. So I try to right. separate the scientific aspect from the human aspect. And I can feel both. That's the real importance is you don't just shun like, Oh, people are dying. Like, no, no, that doesn't happen. You, you basically you go, Oh my gosh, I'm studying the science. It's real. It's in front of me. And also, I feel incredible empathy for the people whose lives yeah. were just affected for me to study the science. Yes. I guess the way I think is, you know, it's going to happen either way if we're there to study it or not. So we might as well go out and try. That makes me feel a hell of a lot better. <laughs> it really yeah. does. Um, especially, you know, it's one of the, I, I give talks to young people and, and a lot of people about climate change, for example. And, and yeah. I revel in the story, but not you know, the consequences of the story. And, and actually oh, yeah. I've had a lot of people turn around and say to me, like, Kit, we really do appreciate like how you communicate, like you're not sugarcoating it, you're being real, but you're also making us feel like this is a phenomenon that we all should be passionate about because of the yeah. potential dangers it brings. And I, I'm like, that's what squares that, you know, that, that circle for me. Um, so that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's the science. The science is what excites you um oh, yeah. and yeah it's as you just said there yourself that tornado is going to happen that hurricane is going to happen it doesn't care if there are humans in the way it's just going to happen yes exactly. our interference will make them situations worse whether it's climate change changing the atmospheric processes or whether it is getting in the bloody way having so, levees that fail we found that one out 2005 yeah well, and you getting human infrastructure that is subpar and then that people are like oh these storms they're very they're they're strong and they are but they are survivable if you have proper infrastructure yep. we found ways to adapt but it's just not in the mainstream yet and if humans keep expanding well, like these cities uh, omaha minneapolis sioux city iowa they're continuing to grow and that creates a larger base for tornadoes to hit it's like oh yes. tornado hit a penny or tornado hit new york city which one is more likely with the same size tornado it's just basic statistics yes more likely to hit new york than a penny because of area and that yeah and that's it folks and that's yeah that i mean i feel so i feel so validated now actually <laughs> um you know with with my because i know that sometimes because i am very passionate i am very i do geek out about a lot of this stuff and i don't want to come across as as ironically for someone who's actually a very empathetic person, I don't want to come across apathetic to, you know, to all this. And yes. there's, there's this one tweet. This was uh, a couple of years, a few years ago from someone, whoever was doing the socials for BBC weather got it completely wrong. It was, yeah, it was oh, a no. few years ago, pre COVID. And they were, 
tweeting as if as though the breaking of a potential summer record was an exciting event. And the, the tone of the tweet was like, today could be the day we will break this. I'm like, and I actually call my friends out when they talk about, oh, you know, shame the rains here. You know, we had glorious hot, sunny weather yesterday. And I'm just thinking you cannot frame, you know, because I'm someone who doesn't do very well in hot weather, anything above 27, <laughs> 28 degrees Celsius. I actually physically start to suffer. So, oh, no. Yeah. Um, so going to Minnesota in the summer is is not a great idea, which I do anyway. Yeah. Um, but um, so, yeah, it's I, I am very, very acutely aware. And of course, as climate change happens and I, I move more further into the vulnerable age group, you know, I'm we're moving into potentially dangerous climate. Yeah, a, a new norm in dangerous climate when I'm just about reaching the, you know, the vulnerable population. And that's not going to be pretty. So, folks, I get Ooh, it. Yeah. I get it. Hi folks, a chance for you to recharge your brew, but also a polite prod to remind you that it's so easy to support this podcast. Simply liking, sharing, rating and reviewing means that it will get on more people's radar. Also, there are a few links down in the description which may be of mutual benefit. Please do check them out. Go on, right. Let's change tack, right? (laughs) And uh, we're going to spill. We're going to spill the beans. I'm going to combine two things with spilling the beans here, uh, uh, Katie. And that is, um, you say that you uh, also are a voice actress, which I am. So I have uh, an IMDb page with one credit. Oh, okay, good. That's going in the show notes. Okay, <laughs> uh, should I look I'm that up? Very get... proud of it. Mm, no, I'm not going to look it up yet. I'll look it up in a minute. I'm going to keep surprised. <laughs> right. Okay. So here's here's my I've I've got I've got a little bit of a plan for us, right? Because we're both absolute sci-fi nuts. Um. So um. And I won't I won't bore everybody now. I've told the story before, but I'll 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 tell you how I know Matt Smith after we finish recording. Ooh. I'll save I'll save first that. Um. I think I've told it a couple of times already. And if I haven't, folks, sorry, we haven't got time. You'll have to just guess how <laughs> my link is. Um. So this is what I'm going to do. So I've gone on to Memory Alpha. Right now, Memory Alpha, folks, is basically the Star Trek Wikipedia. All right. Um, and I typed in uh, weather as the as the search. <laughs> now, folks, this is all the weather that's actually got a, its own listing on the Star Trek Wiki. So we've got. So if you click on them, they'll give you examples of episodes where they're used. So we've got obviously we've got you ready for this, Kate? We've got clouds, Coriolis force, fog, heat wave, humidity, hurricane, the Torian ice storm. Nice. <laughs> Atmospheric pressure, high pressure trough, isobaric pressure, um, catabatic pressure. And these are all normal Ooh. phenomenon, folks. Cloud burst, rainbow, snow, storms. That is, some of these now get a bit sci-fi, but you've got dust storm, blizzard, electrical storm, fire storm, ionic storm, that's Star Trek, uh, lightning storm, radiation storm, snowstorm, thunderstorm, almost there, folks. Tornado, wind, typhoon, asteroid storm, ion storm, magnetic storm, magnoscopic storm, plasma storm, solar wind. That's just oh, in Star Trek. Oh, waiting for plasma storm. Yeah. Love a good plasma storm. That's a good plasma storm. Okay. Well, we're going to go with that then. Plasma storm. <laughs> right. So what should we choose? I'll, okay. I'll let you choose the setting, right? So we've got, can you name me a very famous area of plasma storms? That you we oh, used, the used to the Badlands. There you go, the Badlands. Absolutely. I thought you called it. So describe to us the Badlands, <laughs> then, uh, then Katie, and then I think we might riff on this one with the with the improv that I've got. I, I've got in my mind. All right. So what are the Badlands? Well, 
So yes, the Badlands are located near Bajor, and they happen to be an area of high plasma activity. It's typically used by the Maquis to hide from both <laughs> Cardassians and the Federation ships that try to seek them out and bring them to justice in one way or another. <laughs> Lovely, I'm right. I'm going to present your voice at that point. <laughs> okay, now folks, Katie actually has a credit on IMDb as a voice actress, right? It's I have, legit! It's legit. I have... <laughs> a hobby-based amateur level interest in drama. I used to teach drama at high school as well. And you know that I can do some voices. So we're going to do some improv, right? This yes. is just crazy. So so it's, let's set the scene, right? Um, this is going to be set in the Star Trek universe, folks, in the Badlands where these plasma storms are taking place. Right. Um, should we set the scene with – should we have multiple – should we switch characters? I don't know. Let's, should we just rock with it? I don't know. I'm good with whatever it may be. <laughs> I could go anything from a ore mining to yeah, ore mining starship. I don't know. Maquia myself. Right. <laughs> Maquia <laughs> myself. Okay, folks. This is a, a two or three minute improv called Maquia and myself. So, um, <laughs> in comes in comes the Tellerite captain. These damn plasma storms. If I come up with another plasma burst coming off the starboard bow, I swear I'm going to have another argument with the chief engineer. Well, you know, you can't really blame the plasma storms. We just happen to be in their place. I can blame whoever I want. I'm the captain. Well, I'm the captain. I will blame this plasma storm. Uh. You know, sir, if you, if you really want to get out of these plasma storms, I know of a great way. There's an array that could take us to a whole different side of the universe. We just have to activate it. Ooh, Helm, set a course for this array. Boom, boom, boom. I don't know how to do the sound of the array. <laughs> there you go, Captain. Flash. Are you happier Ooh. now? <laughs> Captain, we appear to be a flung 70,000 light years. Into the Delta Quadrant. Fascinating. There really is a lot to see. I'd love to analyze some of these planets. They look fascinating from a mineralistic standpoint. I can't see an array. Who do I have to blame for this? I can see space dust. I can see debris. Uh, Hang on. I'm... What's that we're picking up? On the sensors. I actually think that's another ship. Analyze. On screen. USS Voyager. What? That's one of the ships that was hunting us. <laughs> I think I'm going to stop it there. My throat's hurting me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, how many high-pitched voices? <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, uh, Chakotay's on the ship. He's like, oh, that, that, that's Benny. Benny, get over here. Come on. Enjoy the Voyager crew. <laughs> so if if a starship with a Tellarite captain was flung into the, uh, the the Delta Quadrant instead of Janeway and Voyager, <laughs> that's how it would have went, folks. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh. I'm awful at improv, but that went well. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I haven't done that for ages, to be honest. That was fun. But the uh, the uh, I, I should have brought in my golem. Oh, I could have done it. It's like, engineering report. It's just so Stupid precious, the warm car's about to boot! No, it's not so stupid, fool. It's just a little spike in the Deuterium matrix, yes! Stupid! If I engineering! Come! I could have done that, but you know. Oh no, I think I've lost my guest. That's absolutely brilliant! Uh, I want that now! I want Gollum to be the engineer! Oh, no, alright, folks, right, I think. The ship is doomed. 
Katie and I are going to work on some scripts um, and we are going to be the only two voice actors in this entire thing. We'll have about like 16 different characters. There has to be a fan fiction out there somewhere for this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. Oh, how, where, where, where do I go from there? There's no good way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, let's go back to your voice acting. You've, you've got one credit. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so now we can reveal. So, what is that one credit for? Because I, I certainly want to look this up. Yes, it's for a podcast, the Aslintha podcast, and I actually ended up playing a barmaid, which uh, was not just a barmaid. She also was orchestrating some behind the scenes stuff. But you, you may have noticed from just listening to this show, I have a very Disney princess animated <laughs> voice. I don't know why I have it. Sometimes I get a Southern draw. Sometimes if I watch a lot of Doctor Who, I slip into a Scottish accent. It just kind of evolves. <laughs> but I naturally, through my job, I'm very animated, and that comes through with my voice. Mm. So I just played myself as a barmaid. That's wonderful. So you played a character called Zayla in Zayla. Love her. Zayla, and uh, and it's. So what is so what is this podcast about? So it's called Aslintha. And what was so what was yes. it about? In 2021 you did two yes. episodes. Yes, it was actually it's funny. I, it was a friend of mine whose parents own a comic book store in Sioux City and we became very good friends. Uh the whole family and he wanted to start this podcast and he's like I need a voice actor and I was like <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I would love to give this a shot. And uh, he's like, okay, well, cool. It's about a roaming band of just adventurers. Kind of think D&D, but podcast form. And mm. just, they have these stories and amazing times together. And I was just happy to play a small part in that. Uh, being the barmaid who's uh, like, hey, how can I help you? Here, this will help, traveler. And like, <laughs> just getting things going. And it's nice to be a part of a narrative that I can go back and listen to instead of just you know, my own voice talking to myself <laughs> doing the weather. There's other people here. Folks, right now, listen, I, I need to put this out there. I mean, I know I geek out on Star Trek a lot, but hashtag save Star Trek Prodigy, right, folks? Yes. What we need to do, Katie, we need to get on on the blower, as we say over here in the UK, and we need to talk uh-huh. to the showrunners and say, look, if we manage to save Star Trek Prodigy and it goes into a third season, we've got to get, you know, us on, you on as maybe doing some kind of weather forecast voiceover. <laughs> They visit a planet and maybe they, they said, we're detecting, it's like, you know, I don't know, they, they come on the, they come on the, and the, Gwen's trying to decode some kind of transmission from a planet. And when they pick it up, it's somebody doing the weather forecast in this planet. And that'll yes, be you and your voice. Would you do it in an I'd alien so voice happy. if they can't, if they can't translate? Would you try and do it in an alien voice first? Oh, and then before they get the universal I'd translator probably. working? I totally could. I could just be like, I mean, you could probably take some random mix. Like, <laughs> I love to, uh, because I, I'm Greek Orthodox, but I also have friends who are Russian Orthodox. I get a bunch of these, like, translations. So it's like, Ishtiabnopresiate And, like, I could just take that and turn it just a little bit, and it would sound like an alien language. Yes. It would be perfect. <laughs> yes. That's it. For that, now, if that wasn't a mini audition... I don't know what is what you know. Perfect. Exactly. But we're here, right? You you, you know you've got uh, it's kit at uh, jogramage dot com, and you know, and we'll give Katie's contact details at the end. You know where to find us. Um, yes, and um, <laughs> my my friend also from Trek Culture, Sean Ferrick, you can come too. Uh, <laughs> you can come. Love too. Trek Culture. <laughs> yeah, I've had Sean on this podcast as well, who was absolutely delight. 
Um, he was like, Aww. I know nothing about geography. I was like, don't worry, I've got you covered. We'll Star Trek it. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's, I mean, if you know fantasy geography, that's way harder than I know, actual geography. I know, seriously. <laughs> so what got you into um, to stop this becoming a, a Trek podcast? And Andy Plastes, if you're, if you're listening for the great... Well, no, you got the... You got, you got the 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 podcast that Sean does. I'm sure they'd love to have you on. You know they've got the tra- oh, they've got the Trek time. Culture podcast. I'm sure they'd love to have you on. But Andy Plastes as well, who's does the great derelict sci-fi podcast as well, who loves you know the stuff about Doctor and stuff. I'm sure they can find some time for you on this. Oh, well, see, and the great up. thing is, I I work from midnight to 10 a.m., which in any time zone is just awful uh for a social life so i yes i get my social interactions through podcasts particularly with those in normal time zones <laughs> like over in england because it's way easier when it's evening for y'all and two in the afternoon mm. for me <laughs> see there's a southern coming out i don't know why the southern comes out but it does so your love of star trek where did it come from then because i've seen because you, your love of star trek because because you've you've because oh. i i saw a wonderful um weather forecast that you did that where you were in cosplay you were in the blue science uniform oh, starfleet I, uniform so you gotta get it out. yeah i mean what 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 brought you into this realm <laughs> star trek the next generation season seven gambit part two gambit. uh <laughs> which to this day i've not met another soul on this planet who started their star trek journey with that episode that's yeah um, that's that's a that's a pretty interesting one but that's like like a treasure it's almost like indiana jones in space gambit Really, I think. Yeah, well, it's brilliant. You get the art, the archaeology. Yeah. You have the heist. You have two parter. No, but it's it's interesting because Star Trek came to me in a uh, part of my life that was just absolutely off the rails and not in the fun kind. Mm. Um, I was in middle school, which is trash. You're everyone's hormonal, and you get these <laughs> awful bullies. Yes, and yeah. I, you know, I was a goody two shoes, still am, and was good at science, good at math. I knew what I wanted to be since I was five. So it's like, yeah, naturally I'm going to make sure I can make that happen. And the other kids didn't like that. And Mm. it got to the point where I was actually (laughs) not to bring down the level of the room, but I became severely anorexic. I had horrible anxiety to the point I wouldn't leave my house. I missed a month of school. Like, just because I was afraid of germs and everything. It was so psychological. And then one night I was walking through the bedroom and my dad was sitting there watching Star Trek because he grew up watching Next Generation. And I was like... Might as well kill some time. I'll watch this. And it just was amazing. I distinctly remember the next day I got in the car. We went with my parents to go and get an oil change. I was like, yeah, there's this guy named Picard. (laughs) And there's this guy named Riker. And I just, I started binging TNG. And I was like, okay, that was fun. Deep Space Nine. Voyager, yep, TOS, Enterprise. And I just kept going until I saw them all. And it really helped me metamorphosize from this person who was afraid to leave the house and even talk to whatever this is that you're listening to. And I think it's because it taught me the science to think through the anxiety and say, hey, this isn't rational. I'm not going to get germs just by breathing the air. It has to be in a specific set of circumstances. And it also made me realize I was missing out. Yeah. They had fun adventures, even if it was almost killing them, but they kept coming back every week. And so I wanted to go and have adventures of my own. And now I do. It's amazing. Yeah. And I wanted to ask Katie that question. Thank you very much for sharing that with us, Katie. I mean, I want, I wanted Kate to share that with you because I want, want everyone to understand and realize that on one side, you know, if you don't, if you fine, you don't get it. That's completely valid. If you're not a sci-fi nerd, whatever it is, and you look at folks like me and Kate, you dress up in cosplay. You know, I the last con over here. I, you know, I went as 
Nurse Chapel from Strange New Worlds, like God, like Jess, Bo- nice. Jess Bush rocks that that anything she wears as Nurse Chapel. But um, absolutely, why do we do that? Why do we put so much? Why is there a fandom such that it's because for some of us and for quite a lot of us, we have found companionship. We have found a place where we didn't have any. I didn't have a particularly uh, good time at school either in many ways than one. And, you know, it was Star Trek that kept me hopeful, kept me grounded. And then, you know, modern Star Trek with, with the LGBTQ representation has been absolutely wonderful and amazing. And, and so we take comfort in this and, and it really does make us the people who we are today that we feel confident. I, ca- I can't imagine Katie. I mean, both me and you in in kind of like lower secondary school here middle school you i can't imagine us us of that past sitting here doing this podcast i can't imagine it oh absolutely not like it's it's mind-boggling how far you can come like Mm. <laughs> so fun fact, this morning I woke up to an email from the assistant to the vice president of the United States inviting me to the White House uh, to discuss the weather. Well, um, <laughs> and I accepted. It is like, what is this life that I'm living? Yes. I went from tiny Michigan to this. Oh, my God. So it's, uh, yeah, I have something to look forward to. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing how much parallel there is between you and me because I had the exact same oh my god moment. I got an email from um I, I consult for the Geographical Association here in the United Kingdom and they emailed me and said, um and Kit, we've we've uh, we've had an email from uh this publishing company who published National Geographic Kids books. And we we we've they asked us for a recommendation about who to write the next book for National Geographic Kids and we put your name forward and I'm like, What? What? Oh what? Gosh. And I wrote back saying, y- "You're pulling my leg, aren't you? You're pulling my." So it's amazing how that email inviting you to the White House, that email saying, "You know, can you write this book for Nat Geo Kids?" Uh, it's like, which is that's a huge reach. I know that's worldwide publishing. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Wow. So the journey that we've both been on from where we have in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got this thing in common that we love the weather and we love climatology. We've 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 we found confidence and family in things like Trek and sci-fi. Yeah, I can. You know, the parallels is is, is clear for that. So, the last thing we're going to do is uh, we are all geographers, uh, Katie. So, uh, what this is is that we link all the guests together by stringing words together. Now, uh, last episode, I spoke to the wonderful Rebecca Osborne, who is a, a a creative graphic recorder, where she listens to talks and or meetings and things like that, and she'll record what's being said graphically through cartoons, pictor- pictograms, and so it's brilliant. She's such an amazing human being, great person, um, uh, allied to the LGBT community as well. And so when I asked her to come up with, um, so she was given a word that she had to talk about for 30 seconds. So when I asked her to come up with a word for my next guest being you, um, to talk about for 30 seconds, she'd come up with the word capture. So... So what I'd like you to do, and you've only got, and I've been a bit lax on this recently, everybody, you know I have, right? So Katie, I'm going to be very strict with you this one. So you can okay. see the timer up in the screen. I can for get 30 cues. seconds. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, you can, obviously. So for 30 seconds, and I'll put, I'll put both hands up when you've got 10 left and palm up when you've got five, right? Brilliant. Can you talk to us about the word capture? And it could be related to your work. It could be related to your, your geekiness. It could be rela- any way you like perhaps it's something we've discussed or whatever. So whenever you're ready, the word capture. 
Well, for the word capture, it immediately goes to photos for me because meteorology is a very visual field. You'd capture a photo of a tornado, you capture a photo of a sunset. Anyone can capture a picture of the weather that's around them. And I love to collect those pictures. It tells a whole story that you couldn't relay audibly because it's difficult to explain how vibrant a sunset is. If you show a picture, someone knows that, or you have a textile of it. It's gorgeous, and I hope more people capture the weather around them. Oh, that that works, doesn't it? That that it, it does. The nonverbal, yeah. <laughs> nice. That was perfect, Katie. I don't know Thank if that made so, any so sense. Much. I've been up for way too long, so I'm done. <laughs> I'm fading. <laughs> At least sense-wise. Like, I know what you're saying, folks. So, if I, Katie, it's only like half past four in the afternoon. It's like, no, no. Did you hear the shifts that she does? Anyway. Midnight. <laughs> before I let you go, I can't let you go without giving our next guest the word that they're going to do for 30 seconds. Oh, how about consequential? Oh, my goodness. That's a lovely one. Let me type it's that down before I, I forget. <laughs> we used it on our morning show on a script this morning. And I was like, oh, buzzword. We don't use that often. So, Consequential. consequential. Right. i got a challenge for you then, right? Yes. i tell you what, on your next, when you do your next broadcast, whatever, I want you to try and squeeze the word capture into it. I will try to do that. I stream every then, Friday, so I can try that. <laughs> so, and, uh, and, and then, <clears throat> and then you can, um, so we can cap, we can capture you, capture you saying the word capture <laughs> on that. And, uh, and maybe, maybe a little, maybe a little side wink as you say, and I just say, Kit, yeah. I got, yeah, I've got you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so any shout outs you'd, you'd like to give and where can we find you out there in the digital ether oh yes you can find me <laughs> literally everywhere I have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter TikTok is my big one I'm almost about to hit 100,000 followers there I got <laughs> Mastodon, Blue Sky uh, what's the, the threads email threads. It's all of it is <laughs> at weather underscore Katie e e e Email? What's email? That sounds so 2010s. Yes. Oh, it's great, though, because it's so much cleaner. It's a nice format in email. It's ding, 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 yes. ding, done. <laughs> oh, but yes, no, at weather underscore Katie. I am also on YouTube. My handle is so many random fandoms because it's true. And <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, you can always just find me on television or just look up bird poop and icicles. That's the best way to find me. <laughs> I went viral for that, and now I can't go for run for president because if you look up my name, bird poop, immediate bird poop. It has ruined any oh, public image I could have had. Good God, <laughs> folks. They're not even going to listen to the rest of this now. They're just off and Googling that now. Yep. All of a sudden, bird poop. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I've, I've, I, can't, I, I don't have any words for how much joy I've had for the last hour, Katie. Um, oh, thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. And uh, I hope I hope you, you keep in touch. Definitely. Go storm chasing. I want to go storm chasing. Take me storm chasing, Katie. Take me storm chasing. Just crack open some iron brew and just take it to a donate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And on that note, folks, I think we shall say bye. Thank you very much, Katie. Very well. <laughs>